Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Buddhaṁ dhammaṁ saṅghaṁ namasāmi One of the uh, very fundamental things that people seek is is security. It's quite um, striking that the Buddha talks about having refuge, taking refuge, having a refuge, that sense of having somewhere safe. Uh, um, sometimes nibbana is called the safe. Kemang. It's one of the qualities of that. I'd say that kind of ultimate realization is this sense of security or unshakable deliverance. These are very clear indications of uh, both the um, the results and also um, one of the fundamental things that trouble people is the loss of ground, insecurity, don't know what to do don't know where to go, feel overwhelmed, feel don't have boundaries, or want to be able to find somewhere I can close the world out. And, uh, you know, and, you know, just things like forces of nature. Uh, but, and we can see, even in this day and age, that still, you can't really do that. You know, you th- we think we can, but in hurricane... Katrina or something comes blasting through and even very sophisticated and developed countries like the United States huge swathes of disaster blast through and people are shattered because they've lost their houses and their homes and suddenly you know uh, feeling being uprooted and it kind of so sometimes this 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 truth comes home how how boundaryless that we our lives really are you know we we kind of live within boundaries and create boundaries but they can get blown away you know, we find this uh, you know suddenly you feel violated um, people talk about the shock they can experience when they come back to their home and find it's been robbed not just that things have been stolen but they're, they're kind of little space somebody's broken into it and ravaged it you know and of course most intimately it's it's what happens to our own minds you know being overwhelmed with pressures and fears and worries and so on you know. so mm, certainly in monasteries you get the sense of there being a safe secure place but actually these also are quite open situations where you know, which I think is one of the most daunting features of them you know from the outside it looks pretty peaceful and tranquil because, it, because it's certainly bounded by precepts but it's not you, you know it's got those boundaries and yet still people experience fear sadness, depression misunderstanding anxieties you know, uh, and uh, feeling uncertain about how they are with other people. Suddenly, you know, you, you get 
many many people turn up and you've got a lot of lot of energy moving through that you perhaps weren't ready for um, and then suddenly or sometimes everybody's gone and you're left on your own it feels really stark and you know this is not being able to, to control one's boundaries uh, in that way and yet you know we could say well we can do what we can but finally of course you realize that for um, even though that you can try to create supportive structures and supportive boundaries really finally the truth is that that <laughs> they're all just conventional and they 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 get over, they get blown away you know and ultimately death comes and just breaks through us breaks through all our protections and even our mental knowledge goes and uh, just being overwhelmed is where we end our lives so you know we're trying to find a, a like a safe place in this ongoing storm of life and to realize it actually is that it is like this it's not necessarily a hurricane but it's a continual breezes and gusts and blasts and blows and it's coming from this direction and that direction it's it's kind of upheaving and uh, you know and then the mind can start when it feels uncertain and insecure it starts creating its own turbulences so your mind starts spinning out about what if and how can I get and why does this what am I going to do about this and how long is this going to go on for when I'll be able to manage I'm going to go potty um, um, and then complaining shouldn't be this way I came for want to be peaceful and quiet and, and so on so then the mind creates its own um, turbulences and currents and, and panics and, and then you know that rebounds and blows back on you, you know, so you end up getting caught in these kind of feedback loops until it becomes almost like white noise there's so much stuff going on um, and yet in some way nothing much is going on apart from just the feeling of, of um, uncertainty, insecurity, overwhelm, energies moving around uh, and then in, in that the mind starts to create involuntarily these anxiety energies, panic energies, fear energies, resentment, anger, contractions uh, and uh, it's very, you know, see, it's called this turbulence starts building up because mm. you, you realize that you can see that you can't, you know, you can't, the mind tends to try to meet experiences with either knowledge, uh, intellectual understanding, knowledge, this means that, or particularly knowledge, you can do this, you know, something comes up, and you, oh right, I know what that is, or if it's difficult, okay, I can do this, or do that, you know, find an answer, you, so it meets experience like that. Or it meets with it meets with an emotion, yeah. So we we that's where mind is like that. It has these forms in it, behaviors, behavior of thought, cognitive behavior, and emotional behavior, and we meet our experience with those, yeah. And actually, but when you do those experience, what you meet it with also is affected, yeah. So. You, so you, you you know you, so you're emotionally affected, emotionally stirred up by experiences, 
and then they can be overwhelming if there isn't a, a finally coming to a place of, of a, a peaceful or a happy emotional state or we get overwhelmed with thinking and as you, you come up with all you can't get the answer, so you th- one thinks some more. Is it this? Is it that? Could it be this? Should I do this? Well, is it this? Is it that? Is it, you know, what's the future going to be? And so that you get overwhelmed with thoughts. Um, this is quite usual, actually, meditation. I remember. Just in my early years as a monk, and uh, I, I had this. I came to England for what I thought would be a brief stay. I, I just became a monk well, for what I thought would be a brief period, like maybe a few months, a few months, and that should be enough to, you know, give me a good feeling for meditation practice, and then I could, you know, go on and do other things. Um, so that I'd get some idea of something else that I wanted to do but probably the meditation practice it tends to make every thought just seems like it's the strange weird sound in your head and you you can't rely upon it Um, so there's a lot of doubt because I was used to relying upon thought but thoughts tend to just kind of come up and melt away or be carrying coming from places of insecurity or, or craving or restlessness you, think you can't trust that you know, so meeting, meeting experience with thought wasn't really satisfactory and I, so I sort of stayed really just trying to wait for some clear ground to appear uh, and then I came to England and I thought well, I'd be here for a few weeks and then go back to Thailand and so I had this, um, but then I really started to appreciate what was being done in England, particularly Ajahn Sumedho and his teaching, his style, and the, the whole way presentation he was producing. It seemed very interesting and, and you know, made the whole thing much more livable. So, oh, I'll do, stay with this. Then I realized I'd only come over for a brief period of time, so maybe I should go back to Thailand. But then... Well, maybe I should stay with this. So I just kept going on like that. And then it, some days I just work out all the reasons why I should go to Thailand and think, right, that's it. And as soon as I got to the that's it point in the mind, the mind would say, yeah, but then again, and then it gradually whittled down all those so, till it came to the, exactly the opposite conclusion. Say, right, that's it stay here, that's it, that's it, finished. Right. But then on the other hand, it could be, because, <laughs> so just doing this, up backwards and forwards like a pendulum, because it was always still trying to find an answer through thought, you know, <coughs> meet, meeting this experience of uncertainty with thought. And the thought wasn't, is in, you know, wasn't, wasn't, uh, Come from the right place. It was just trying to paste over the uncertainty, you know, shut it out with an answer. And uh, so after I did this, it went on for several months, and eventually I could feel this doubt coming up in my mind, 
periodically come up like a kind of wobbly feeling coming up oh here it comes again and as soon as this wobbly feeling came up I start my mind would start to panic and start to try to think of answers you know a new way of looking at it or even not think of the topic think of ways to get rid of the doubt like oh don't think about that don't think about what right now don't think about whether you should stay in England or go to Thailand right now as soon as you do that you're starting to think about it <laughs> and uh, so one day I was, I was uh, just taking a walk and I could feel this, this doubt coming up in my mind and I started to walk faster to try and get away from it <laughs> and it was gradually it was running behind me this doubt, I could feel it just catching up and I could see it see this doubt like a big dog jumping up and chasing me till eventually it kind of as it as it it leapt up this this doubt and I just sort of turned around to face this great doubt and it kind of jumped onto me and my mind sort of went to went to one thought another thought just went like like a kind of a needle flickering from yes to no yes no and it just it just blew out <laughs> it wasn't enough it just stopped thinking. <laughs> it was like just the sheer energy of doubt in its, in its raw form. You know, eventually it just brought up a kind of response of just meeting the energy of doubt. Meeting the energy of doubt with, a kind of, uh, with no thought, without a thought or even emotion, without a sense of frustration or despair, just meeting it with... Uh, and... Uh, it, the whole thing just kind of disappeared. Why did I do that? Yeah. And what, what was it that happened? Because yeah. it wasn't being met with a thought, it wasn't being met with an emotion. And you begin to, through experience like that, you begin to realize there's something else you can meet experience with, which is just awareness. That is, you're aware of it, you don't have an answer, you don't have a solution, and you're emotionally, you've given up caring about it. You know, whether you, you whatever it is, you've, you've given up that kind of, um, you know, being frightened of it, being intimidated by it, trying to get away from it, trying to satisfy it. You've just given up, emotionally given up. But you haven't, but you're still there. You're still, you're not hiding from it, you're just there with it. And that thing just kind of blew out. Yeah. So it was a great experience. Actually, that, that and something actually gets learnt like that. I did. I didn't understand what was going, what happened, at all. But it's this particular resource. I remember when I was when I was in India, the same similar sort of thing happened when I was being robbed in India. These guys, uh, bandits, jumped on. I was we were going on Tudor, walking through India, walking through a forest where there was um, some bandits, you know, guys who kill things, <laughs> including people, <laughs> with, with cudgels and axes. And so I was walking along, and these, these men jumped up and grabbed hold of me. You know. And uh, there were six of them. You know. So actually I got four. Four were on me, and the two were chasing my companion, who was running away. But they'd already been grabbed, so I couldn't really 
run away so there's four guys on my grabbing hold of me with uh, with these cudgels and with axes that they've been chopping wood with so you know as much you can do really um, so I was trying to, to get these um, my belongings just sort of given the things because you know what do you say four guys with axes but yes <laughs> sir It's not, you know, <laughs> there's no negotiations there. But they didn't understand what I was doing, so they thought I was struggling to get away. So one of them had this axe, and he started picking, he got his axe up, and he, he took it to my head, this axe blade. And he's, you can see his kind of face was very intense, and he lifted his axe up. At that moment, there's that feeling of, well, it looks like you're about to die, you know, with an axe blade in your head. It wasn't a thought, it was just a recognition. And that point of recognition, there was absolutely nothing to do. There wasn't any, I had no idea what, anything to do, no ideas came into my mind. And there was no feeling like, there's no emotion really. There was that recognition of, if you're about to go, don't go in fear. Just relax. Don't, don't, that was all, there's that sense of, well, that was it, you know, just meet it. So I'm actually moving forward to this guy with the axe and and offering my head, just pointing. And saying, okay, you can take it, you know. I didn't have this figured out, it just sort of came up. It was the feeling of just move out of the, meet this thing just with with awareness, with with an open awareness with no boundaries, with no security at all, yeah. And that kind of, it just stopped. Yeah. He didn't know what to do. So he stepped back, you know, said, you know, you, you can kill me because I can't stop you killing me, so. And the whole thing, you could feel the, the charge, the, the energy of the situation just went down like a burst balloon. It really just calmed right down. Because there'd been no, no energetic, no emotional input, no panic, no anything. You know, just, well, that's it. Here it is. Um, so something gets learnt about that particular resource. And way beyond, it's not somewhere I've got it figured, you know, I can't, but realizing that something in the mind begins to instinctively know this other place. Mm. And this is kind of what can happen, particularly in, 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 um, in a life of con- contemplation, and particularly, I, w- I don't know, you know, but in Sangha life, definitely, because it's, it is seemingly very boundaried, and yet it's also bound, quite boundaryless, in that, you know, any day, really, any number of monks or nuns can turn up. You know, really that, you know, don't, they don't, but any day, some have, which is fine, you know, and uh, any day, people can be happy, sad, irritated, fed up, depressed, 
you know, whatever, that could be happening. Um, and there's not a lot of screening, you know. You, you kind of, there's something very naked about this uh, living here in these places. And then, of course, folks can come in, many, many people can come in, people in difficult states come in, and you just get the sense, even though it's really, at one level, it's quite mild, nobody's actually doing anything particularly unpleasant, but just the sense of having no, no boundaries can start the mind feeling insecure and rocking around, like, you know, and it, start, it can start its reverberations. And then when you, you know, you say focused on your meditation practice, and again, you know, that, you know, that sense of having a nice cocoon of tranquility, um, which one would somehow looks for or wants, and no, that doesn't happen. Not well. It may happen periodically or briefly from time to time, but most of the experience of one is old, old karma, old patterns and habits coming up into the mind, projections coming into the mind, um, you know, life messages coming into the mind about being inadequate or being um, not welcomed, or projections of what we imagine other people feel about us. These kinds of, of things come up because there's much less, um, much less stuff on the surface. The surface of our lives is fairly plain in some ways, but this, this gives room for all the underlying stuff to arise. It just comes welling up. It doesn't ask your permission. It doesn't explain itself. And it just comes sometimes wall to wall. Um, and you look around and you can't see a way out past it. Uh, and it doesn't listen to dasanas. It doesn't, you know. So you just somehow to to. But then instinctively you start to feel. Well, all we can do really is meet this with with awareness. You know, to actually move into it. Uh, move into it without without even the sense you're moving into it. Get rid of it or get past it or be smart. But just move into it to meet it. Uh, feel it in the body. Sit with it. Let yourself be changed by it. There's a there's a humility about it, about that process. And then we're not overcoming anything. There's a certain humility to it. it so it continually changes us, shifts us. And there's something... Um, you know, ironic in that it's this quality of turbulence that begins to shift us to the place of refuge. Not as somewhere else, not as a place where this doesn't happen, but a place almost like within the storm, the center of the storm. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, as a training, it's always very useful to deliberately cultivate skillful thoughts. You know, you don't actually have to keep giving yourself unhelpful feedback, you know, putting unhelpful things into the mind, such as, you know, worry, negativity, complaining, or even things that perhaps we don't recognize are unskillful, like, like planning the future too far, strategizing things, too much knowledge is a dangerous thing, Doesn't, you know, because it uh, it it gives you the sense that you could actually know 
know your way out of experience. You, you can substitute experience for knowing it, for knowledge of it. You know, you believe in your own smartness, your own intelligence, and then you take refuge in something that actually can't provide that. Hmm? So it's really unskillful to know too much. <laughs> not, not because the knowledge itself is wrong, but because one gets dependent upon it. And it's, for me, it's taken me many years to, to give up knowing things. To, to um, you know, because I, I know the vinaya, I know a good amount of Buddha Dharma, I know quite a lot about Sangha life, I know quite a lot of Sangha history, I know precedents, examples, what we did in 1982 about this decision and that decision, I know a lot of things, actually. Um, but whenever I rest upon that, I always feel kind of like irritated that, that today isn't playing the game right. We decided this in 1989 and you're not doing it right. And, <laughs> you know, it says this in the script and you're not being, you know, what we said you should be uh, according to the script. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and so even that sense of relying on that past knowledge or try, you try to understand like it's frustration I can't understand you I can't understand I should be I'm trying to understand you but I can't understand why you feel that way realize actually understanding something isn't all it's cracked up to be because it gives you the, me the sense that I should be able to get cognitive understanding of everything and even if one could which you can't how, how useful is it is that the best thing to meet experience with yeah. or you can kind of you know try to find some kind of you know positive emotional state yeah. and it's good to cultivate those to not deliberately, you know, develop um, resentment, fault-finding towards oneself or towards one others, worrying about yourself or others, try to develop that sense of uh, loving-kindness, acceptance, contentment. These are all really skillful <coughs> things to, to develop. And so at least you're not adding to what blows through that is troublesome. And those, but apart from the fact these these are helpful, they also give you some sense of how your world can change, how how the, how the winds can change dependent on the particular thought or emotions that you're you're responding to things with. Mm. But of course, you know, in the end, we're looking not for the change of the north wind with the south wind, but where the winds blow out which is Nibbāna, the blowing out of the winds. Mm. Is that happy? No. Is it unhappy? No. Is it, do you understand things? No. Does it mean you're confused? No. <laughs> you know, it's, it's another... Another another realm. Uh, yeah. 
And it's so often that, uh, you know, we, we, can you build, can you train for that? Yes. Is it a result of training? Not really. You know, training kind of keeps you in this place where, you know, from, from, from running from distraction, from hiding, you know, keeps you in this arena where you know you you really begin to understand the way it is and find some some ways to to um, put yourself you know, to place you know, put your mind into these situations and uh, you know what they call developing renunciation, which is much more than just giving up sweets and uh, rock and roll, you know. Renunciation eventually is a sense of being able to give up creating boundaries. And you give it up in accordance with the development of that um, confidence in awareness. You, you know, you can, and as, as you see, this life's continue kind of pushing at the boundaries. Uh, and uh, as with my first example, the doubt, it can take years, months, weeks, whatever, till eventually the mind has sensed that, you know, and it's ready in some ways to, to give up, which is the supreme renunciation, renunciation of, of knowledge, renunciation of security, renunciation of, of feeling good. Not that you're feeling bad, but you're, you're not trying to feel good, you know. Uh, and it's that renunciation which allows this potential of awareness to, to, come, to come forth. And this is the, what I call the deathless or the secure. And the complete dwelling in that is what's meant by Nibbana the blowing out of all these reverberations. Mm. This is something to, to, you know, to practice with. Mm. The times we come to the, the wobbly places where we're getting squeezed by life, when the future is uncertain, when the future looks like there's, there's no options in it. Mm-hmm. When we're placed in the riddle, the conundrums, the can't go forward, can't go back, can't stand still <coughs> situations in our lives. Um, then, you know, the more that you've... Uh, allowed that, the more that you've understood this, the, the conventional nature of boundaries and the ultimate um, impermanence of boundaries, the more you've touched that even in, you know, in, in moments in yourself, the more you've allowed yourself to be like that, to be there, the more builds up this um, strange, unexpected security. Mm. Mm. And this is, you know, you begin to realize the options. 
Do you want to hang on? Do you want to live in a castle? Do you want to seem to be filtering everything? Do you want to be, have scaffolding around you? Do you want to be, you know? Or do you want to actually use those things only, you know, in order to, to give yourself the time to, to open and, um, and allow awareness to come into fruition? Certainly, there's a mod- you're looking for moderation in that process, and yet, uh, you know, to to sense how you can, you know, sort of start to get pretty, um, you know, pretty addicted to having the securities, rather than just using them to, for the temporary. Um, you know, moderation of the process. So, you know, this is really what I what I feel that the Buddha was trying to help us with, not creating training rules or situations in order for us to kind of just settle down into, you know, some comfortable place of being monks or being nuns or, you know, everything's all right, but actually. Um, you realize that life in the Buddha's time was pretty much out in the open. Didn't have nice centrally heated monasteries, the root of a tree, bandits, tigers, snakes, sickness. You know, at the very easiest, it would be mosquitoes and flies and ants. You know, that's that's the that's an easy day. <laughs> yeah. Once you know that, you know you've got to kind of introduce that to your to yourself. Introduce that, like this is this, you know. Introduce that that to yourself, and really think. Just bring that to mind. How when you see the first thing is, oh no, you know, no, no, I couldn't manage that. I could never handle that. No, no. It's, okay, try it again. You know, try it again until you get to the point of saying, you know. This is what the Deva Dutra is about, old age, sickness and death. These are the ultimate boundary breakers. Don't ever forget them. You know? it's, it's not that you know, it's going to happen in 10 years' time or not going to happen today, but just what that does to your mind. And they introduce that. So you can't manage it, you can't handle it, you can't cope with that. It's not going to happen to me anyway or I'll be all right. You know, until the mind stops waffling and you meet that with the only thing you can meet it with. Mm. The only place you can go. Mm. This is why the Buddha called it the island you can't get beyond. The only place you can go. Here you are. Oh, uh-huh.